0: Middle of the summer for Fizz Nation. Still no baseball team in Syracuse, so we don't have to worry about the College World Series. Bayheim's Army right around the corner. We're going to talk to Kevin Belby on the show today, the general manager of Bayheim's Army. Get you everything you need to know about the basketball tournament. That's coming up in the middle of July, but had a lot of fun on this one with Kevin. He's a hoops guy. Just a big Syracuse hoops guy, just like everyone that listens to this pretty much, so this is a lot of fun. If you love Syracuse basketball, you'll love seeing the alums kind of get together, the generational switch between everything. This is one of my favorite podcasts that I've done over the last two years, so Kevin Belby, GM of Bayhams Army. Let's go.
1: Facecast. cast! Without Jerry McIntyre, we wouldn't have won 10 f-ing games this year. You're this. Okay? Not 10 most bull**** thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome back to another episode of The Fizz. And especially when it comes from our people. And welcome to the Fizz! Orangefizz.net.
0: Kevin Belby, the general manager of Bayheim's Army. Kevin, we were just talking a second ago. You're back. This is your second straight year on The FizzCast. Great to have you back. Just want to First of all, talk about last year's run, a big win over team foe, huge comeback down 25 with about 12 minutes left. It was such a great game that even Jim Beheim tweeted about it. And I think he's only tweeted like 200 times. What do you remember exactly about that comeback? Yeah, hey man,
1: I appreciate you having me back on the podcast. I mean, I've been uh reading and, you know, now listening to some of the, the stuff at the Fizz since back when I was a, a freshman in college. So all time fan of, of everything the Fizz has going on. And yeah, last year was uh was really, really special. I mean, twenty uh the year prior to that, twenty sixteen, we had uh an early exit in the sweet sixteen. So Last year, I was hoping we could make a deeper run. Obviously, wanted to go all the way, but these tournaments can be so tough. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it, it looked like we weren't going to make it a, a deep run. We had a, a game in the second round. Um, Gale Nation and Iona alumni team, they took us to double overtime. We were up 20 against them and <laughs> blew the lead. People, I think, forget that. The next game, we had to have another big comeback against Team Fancy. And then in the Elite Eight game, we were down by 25 points with 12 minutes left. And, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, but I just did not think there was a, a chance that we could come back. I, I was hopeful, but, um, you know, I, I look, I'll look i never forget looking around the huddle and, you know, guys weren't yelling at each other or blaming each other, but they also were fired up. And, and you know, in my eyes, I just didn't think that they were – I, I didn't see the spark in their eyes but honestly you know now looking back on it they were they were calm and uh, you know I, I was a manager in syracuse i i don't know uh, what it's like to play basketball at that level but you know i i reflecting after the fact being down 25 points and just being calm and not blaming each other saying why why are you missing you know why did you take that shot
0: so Syracuse is the only ACC program without a baseball team, so you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to compete with that. How does it feel to kind of be the premier S.U.S. sporting event for the entire summer?
1: I'm a hoops guy through and through, and I think that there's a lot of people out there like that. And there's just not that much going on in the summer. You know, I joked yesterday that uh, for Syracuse fans, w- we hold them off between uh, lacrosse uh, slash taste of Syracuse all the way up into the State Fair uh, football season. <laughs> you know, we're kind of we're kind of that appetizer in between. And uh, but if you love basketball and if you love Syracuse basketball, I really don't think that there's anything better. I mean, this is like a uh, it's like a fantasy team of former Syracuse guys. And again, you could to, to be able to see like a backcourt with John Gillen and Eric Divendorf uh or a front court of hakeem warwick and james sutherland you know guys crossing over between, honestly between decades yeah um i think that that's a really special thing fans ha- have loved it and uh it's it's been it's been a lot of fun to, to be a part of obviously we haven't won yet but it's been rewarding for me it's been rewarding for the players
0: now, when you started Bayheims Army back in 2015, did you ever think the team itself or, or the tournament as a whole would get as big as it is? And, and what's allowed it to get to the magnitude that it's at right now?
1: ESPN has been very committed to it. Every single game now is on the ESPN family of networks. They're picking more and more games up onto you know, ESPN2 and, and regular standard ESPN1. So, you know, more advertisers are being involved. I know TBT, they, they've they got some big announcements coming in the way of advertisers, um, you know, hopefully for this summer. So it's just uh, – it, it really is growing. And, again, you know, you think about it, this is only the fifth year it, it's been around. I, I don't want to say it's going to be the next NBA, but you know, I'm sure the fifth year the NBA wasn't, wasn't on the trajectory that the tournament's on right now. They're really, I think, advanced for the stage of uh, – of, of the process and I'm pumped to see where, where they are another five years from now.
0: Now, last summer you guys had to compete with the big three, which is that it's, I guess the Fox version and it's a three on three tournament. Sure. There's some wacky rules. Ice cube runs the whole joint. Um, how did you kind of see TBT stack up with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me again, I'm a, I'm a diehard basketball fan and I was excited at first about the big three, but, you know, candidly, if you watch it, it's it's not a high level version of basketball. You know, it's guys right. that are out of shape, that are um, you know trying to relive their glory days. PBT is kind of the opposite. It's I think outside of the NBA, the highest level basketball that that you can watch, and you know there's there's real stakes on the line for Big Three. A lot of these guys are are millionaires, and they're just you know playing together just. To, to get the old guys together and just to mess around. But for TBT, I mean, they're, they're throwing $2 million in the middle of the court and just seeing who wants it the most. So that's why we're playing so hard to come back from 25 down. I mean, that's life-changing money. So it's, it's, like, uh, it's kind of like a reality show and basketball competition all, all rolled into one. Um, so, again, I, I thought the big three was an interesting concept, but – and, you know, and maybe you can watch it once and be a little entertained, but eventually, for me, it got a little boring because Allen Iverson's not the same <laughs> Allen Iverson that he used to be, as much as you want him to.
0: Absolutely not. Uh,
1: <laughs> thankfully for us, Eric Dievendorf is the same old Eric Dievendorf, you know, and guys like that right. um, are still playing at a crazy, crazy high level. So just from a, uh, a basketball standpoint, I, I don't think that there is any comparison. You know, I think the, the one – interesting kind of redeeming quality about big three is just seeing that three-on-three format continue to grow. You know, uh, apparently it's going to be an Olympic sport in in 2020. Yeah. So I do think that they've got something there uh, that, uh, that three, on. you know, I was just thinking over the weekend, there was a, I live in New York city and there was a beach volleyball championship, uh, through the AVP here. Beach volleyball is a totally different sport from indoor you know, is that the way that we'll, we'll view 5-on-5 basketball and 3-on-3 basketball 10 years from now? Who knows? So in terms of, of that piece of it, I think that's interesting to follow. But in terms of pure competition and quality of games, there's, there's absolutely no uh, comparison between TBT and the Big 3.
0: All right, so you mentioned you start this whole thing in 2015. And ever since then, what are some of the behind-the-scenes efforts that get this whole thing to click?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, a lot of probably interesting, funny stories. You know, the, I've said this before, but the whole reason this really got started was uh, Hakeem Work was a big, big factor. He played in that 2014 version of the tournament, and you know, he was the first guy I got in touch with, and I said, "Hey, would you be interested in playing for a Syracuse alumni team?" His agent had kind of just put him on a team. He played with Marshall Henderson and some other random guys. And, um, you know, they didn't, really, they didn't really advance far. They didn't practice. I think they only had one sub. So he was definitely immediately intrigued by the possibility of playing with former friends, you know, with, with current friends, former teammates, having a little bit more structure. So after getting Hakeem on, it, it was kind of easy to, uh, to go from there, uh, to, to build, build a team around one of the biggest names in Syracuse history, national champ, 10-year guy in the NBA. So, you know, after that, I um, think things kind of kind of rolled on. And, uh, you know, even a guy like Chris Joseph, who this is going to be his first year playing with us, but he's watched the tournament the last couple of years on ESPN. And the last year after we lost, he texted me pretty much the same day and said, save me number 32 for next summer. So <laughs> it's got a little easier to recruit in that aspect because to your point earlier, the tournament's growing and growing and getting more and more uh, notoriety, you know, not notoriety, but more and more. Uh, attention and fame so uh, yeah that that's helped a lot in in my recruiting efforts and you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff that goes on behind the scenes I mean you can just see in the court there's so much uh, so much chemistry between these guys old friendships and old teammates getting back together you can't beat it
0: now before I get into this year's team a little bit just one quick thing about the tournament itself is there anything new that people need to know about from last year or maybe some prior years
1: um yeah i mean it's a it's pretty much a, a similar format we are the one seed this year for the first time um you know if you're not familiar with the tournament it's kind of set up like the ncaa tournament four regions 16 te- you know we're seeded one to 16 uh for the first time there is going to be a play-in game so there will be two 16 team two 16 seeds playing each other for i guess the right to play us so that, that's a little bit of a wrinkle. They've added uh, a few more teams to the tournament that way. Um, there are some new alumni teams in our region, a handful of old Big East teams like Marquette. Georgetown has a team, Seton Hall. So, you know, a lot of familiar uh, familiar names. That Georgetown team, by the way, I think is is coached by uh, Patrick Ewing Jr. So there's, oh, there's hmm. a lot of names that Syracuse fans will uh, will recognize if they tune in.
0: Yeah, I saw there was a whole like Big East pod. How, how come you guys didn't exactly. get in that? Is it because you're the one?
1: I, it's because we're the ACC now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't even consider us for it. Somebody texted me and said, are you guys going to be playing at the Big East pod? And I kind of panicked. I thought uh, I thought I was doing a bad job as a GM. I thought I would <laughs> missed an email or a call. I didn't even know what the guy was talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all uh, old Big East teams. You'll have all the all old current,
0: people yelling at Big you.
1: Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's take a look at this year's team. Again, you mentioned you're the number one seed, so what kind of pressure does that bring?
1: Oh, it's a good question. I mean, uh, for, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel the most pressure out of anybody, to be <laughs> honest. You know, our, our guys, they go out and play whoever's in front of them. I, I know it sounds uh, like a bit of a cliche, but they really are professionals. Um, I don't think it really brings too much uh, of added pressure. We've always been a high seed. Uh, I think we've been two, three, and four in the past, and we're the most popular team in the tournament. Uh, we will always have the most fans in the crowd, always have the most votes on uh, on social media, biggest Twitter following. So we've always got a target on our back, just being Syracuse, being a big program. So uh, I, I don't think it really brings any uh, any added pressure.
0: Now, looking at your coach, Ryan Blackwell, coming off a state championship in New York, also USA Today Coach of the Year, how does he transition from coaching kids who maybe just play basketball for the sake of playing a sport to coaching guys where basketball's a job?
1: You bring up a good point. I think it's uh, it takes a unique individual to be able to do that because it's a totally different, you know, you're dealing with a totally different group of, of guys. I think in... in in our respect with Bayheim's Army, he just brings automatic credibility. You know, he's not, for me, it was important to have somebody who was a part of the fabric of Syracuse basketball and, you know, and not just bring somebody from the outside that the guys didn't trust. Um, He's a player's coach, but at the same time, they totally respect him uh, and respect his authority. They don't question his decisions uh, or substitutions, even though he's only a couple of years older than these guys, honestly. Um, and probably he wishes he could sub himself in, but I make sure I, you know I don't let him do that. But, Are you um, allowed to do that? Uh, you know, I, I think I think I think you can actually, and I think it's it's actually been done before. Lawrence Moton was our coach uh, in 2015, and he subbed himself in at the end of a blowout, and he, he made a nice jumper. So it's been it's been done. Uh, but yeah, I, you know I don't think enough can be said about Ryan. He's really a rising star in the coaching business in general. And I think his track record is starting to speak for himself, taking us to a Final Four. You know, nobody expected Liverpool basketball to be undefeated this year, but, you know, he led them to a great uh, a great season, a great playoff run. Um, you know, I, I hope that Bayheim's army is around for a long time, but I, I honestly don't know how much longer Blackwell will be coaching us because I think that he'll have uh, some really great options going forward, whether it's coaching in college or, you know, he actually. In the past, he, he played in Japan and then coached in Japan. So I think right. people forget that, too, that he's, he's been a, a professional coach. But I think he's got, he'll has got he definitely get uh, some college looks sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, for now, we're, we're very lucky to have him what we do.
0: So when you were going through co- potential coaches, when, when you did look at Blackwell, who were some of the other names yep. that you were looking at as well?
1: Yeah, I mean... Um, Lawrence Moten, he did coach us the first year, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Ryan Blackwell got involved the year after that. Actually, the first year as well in 2015. Pearl Washington was a bit of a of an assistant coach for uh-huh. us uh, before he passed away. So, you know, that was... And then in 2016, we, similar to the Syracuse basketball team, we, we wore a 31-patch on our jerseys. That was important for us. He, he's, you know, he, he'll be a part of our, our you know, little mini-Bams Army history forever. But, of course, you know so many of our guys on our team probably wouldn't have played at Syracuse if it wasn't for the contributions that Pearl made to the program back in the day. But, you know, you know, there were a couple other guys that, um, showed interest here and there. Um, you know, Matt Rowe was somebody that, that I, I talked to a little bit, cause he was a former college coach, somebody that's, uh, still in the Syracuse area, but, uh, you know, he, he's got a young son that, um, he coaches in AU and stuff like that, and at the end of the day, you know Ryan Blackwell, he 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 was just excited about it. You know, he was reaching out to me with ideas and plays and players, and I was like, look, you know, he's so passionate about it when he's not even a part of it. Um, you know, I think he he even came to our games the, the first year in 2015 when he wasn't our coach. So you know, it just it just made so much sense. Again, one of the guys who understood the Syracuse program, who knew the players, who respected the tradition. And, you know, he checks all those boxes, ha- has the, the IQ. So he's done a great job. And, and it's not an easy job, you know, to, to manage all the egos of, you know. He, again, he's got – we're an all-star team. We're like a right. fantasy team. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I don't think it's easy when you've got, you know, maybe if you're a James Sutherland last year uh, – And you played in the NBA, and you're coming off the bench, you know. Like, uh, and James is an awesome guy. I'm just using him as an example. You know, there's there's guys that are going to come off the bench that were stars at Syracuse, have been stars overseas, stars their whole life. But because of the way our team is built, um, you might be a role player on this team. So it's it's a bit of an adjustment for some guys. And he's able to manage all the different different types of personalities really, really well. Um, So I give him a lot of credit for doing that.
0: Now Jim Beheim, he's stubborn. He'll never abandon the two-three zone. Would yeah. Ryan get away from it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's our uh, it's our primary defense, and I think it's a it's a good weapon we have. You know, he he has gone to man here and there um, over the course of the tournament, just to just to give some different looks. And I also think that you know we're playing at a higher level, where you know in the ACC you might play a team. Even like Syracuse with last year, if you look at their team, there were only a couple shooters, you know, two or three shooters, right? So, you know, you might see that in ACC, but playing in the basketball tournament, these teams are are loading up on talent and scorers and shooters. So, sometimes it it may make more sense to to play more man to man if they've got a a lineup of five shooters out there. You know, it, it might just be a little too risky to play zone, but. At the end of the day, it's still a big weapon of ours. Teams still have trouble trying to figure it out, and it's it's something we'll uh, we'll deploy a lot.
0: Now, let's take a look at the team, the roster process. How do you go about picking these guys?
1: It's a good question. I mean, the first year, 2015, it was it was just it was almost whoever would say yes, uh, you're in. Uh, <laughs> and as time has gone on. More guys want to be a part of it where, you know, I've, I've actually had to say no to some guys. Um, so it's, it's become tougher. Um, it's, it's not just about getting nine guys who say yes. Now it's about getting, you know, the right nine or so guys, guys who are committed to each other, committed, to, you know, to come up to Syracuse for a week of practice. Last year we practiced on the 4th of July. You know, that's not, it's not easy wow. to <laughs> be away from your family and be up in Syracuse on the 4th, 4th of July. Um So, you know, we want guys that believe in the tournament, believe in each other, willing to give up the time, and who are still active. You know, that's a big part of it, too. Uh, I want guys, and we want guys who are playing throughout the year, you know, overseas, high level, and are still in good shape. It's very hard in the TPT to, quote-unquote, come off the couch and, um, you know, come off of a of a desk job and just play in this thing. Uh, it is no joke. You know, you've seen it in person. The competition level is just it's just too high, um, and every year it, it gets better and better.
0: So, have you ever thought about holding a tryout or something like that?
1: Uh, you know, not really, because I think that um, it's hard. It's to be honest, it's hard enough to get everybody up in Syracuse right. uh, to practice for a week. Um, I'd hate to you know invite guys up there for a tryout and then have them say no. But you know, I can also you know there there are easy ways for me to to know how guys are playing during the year and whether it's watching some film or, you know, checking out their stats and just seeing if they're still the same player that they used to be, or if, you know, in, in many cases, like Brandon Trish, I think he's gotten much better since leaving Syracuse. I mean, he was awesome for us last year. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe five years from now, the tournament, uh, it was a $10 million prize and we, you know, guys will be paying to play, uh, you never know where yeah. it's going to go. But for now, um, it's it, it hasn't gotten to that point.
0: So you said you've said no to people. Who's What's the biggest name you've said no to?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, hmm, biggest name I've said no to? Um, I, I, I can't even remember off the top of my head. You know, It wasn't really anybody this year. I think it's just guys in the past that aren't playing anymore but still want to be a part of it somehow. Uh-huh. Um You know, and and again, it's just, it's a pretty simple conversation. It's just, look, if if you've watched this tournament, these guys are are running and jumping and, you know, at at a crazy level, and if you're coming off the couch, you just can't be, uh, you're just not ready for that level of play. Probably Ryan Blackwell, you know. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm I'm sure he'd love to go out there, like I said earlier, and still uh, shoot a couple jump shots, but, uh, you know, he's he's more than happy to coach on the sidelines.
0: Well, those who can't teach, right?
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, nothing against Ryan though. Uh, anyway, I think I texted you this right after the news came out. Did you consider reaching out to Darius Baisley?
1: Oh, good question. you know it's um no, not no. Uh, maybe I thought about it for about uh, five seconds, but <laughs> look, at the end of the day you, you gotta think our our team name is Bayheim's Army, and uh, we're guys it, it, we're full of a team of guys that. Five years, ten years after leaving Syracuse, are still committed to the program, still committed uh, to Coach Beheim. You know we're, we we've committed in the past, and you know we're going to make that commitment again this year. That if and when we win the two million dollars, we're going to give a chunk of it to the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation. So you know, to add a guy who you know what, who kind of backed out on his commitment to Syracuse and, and Beheim, I just didn't think it. Uh, would make sense even, even approaching him. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't think he'd be able to play, um, in this tournament and have any success. He's just too small, uh, too skinny. This is a, uh, this is a men's league. Um, <laughs> so, um, no, I, I didn't consider
0: it. Would you ever consider it maybe after his playing days are done?
1: You know, if, if he, I, I think I'd also like to see if he, uh, you know, maybe if he gets more involved in Syracuse, comes up for a game and kind of makes, makes peace with the coaching staff. And I have no idea how, how they feel about him. I'm just more seeing it as an, I'm kind of an outsider, you know, I'm not really affiliated with the program anymore besides doing this on the side. Um, But, you know, if there was a way where he reconnected with Syracuse and his NBA career didn't work out, um, you never know what what could happen in the future. But um, for now, um it's a hard no.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he still kind of almost adopts Syracuse. Like I I'm pretty sure he yeah. came to the Jordan Brand classic in a Syracuse hat. So who knows, maybe that's down the line. What about uh here's an interesting one. What about Jimmy Bayheim?
1: Ooh, Jimmy Bayheim, I mean, that would make a lot of sense in playing for Beheim's army. I mean, I uh, I don't wanna talk about it too much because uh kids still got some college eligibility. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think um I even thought a, a, a couple years ago the tournament said to me, "Hey, do you think uh, Bayheim would ever think about coaching Bayheim's Army when he retires?" You know, because he's supposed to <laughs> right, yeah. down, I think after this year, um, and I, I had to think, "Are we going to be called Hopkins Army one day?" But <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, haven't had to uh, haven't had to change the team name. Haven't had to. You know, Bayheim's still busy coaching uh, the, the real Syracuse Orange, so not not too worried about that type of stuff. For now.
0: All right. Looking at this year's roster, who are some of the first-time guys you're excited for?
1: I'm really excited about Chris Joseph. You know, I went to school at the same time that Chris did. He was a year older than me, and I just always thought that he was one of the most talented players in the country. And um, you know, his senior year didn't put up crazy stats, but he was playing on you know such a well-rounded, dynamic team, and he was that team's. That, you know, we were 34 and three in an elite eight team, and Um, probably a national championship team without, you know, if Fab Mello would have played. And um, he's just somebody that can light it up. He's somebody that if if you're down by a a bucket with a minute left, you feel comfortable giving him the ball and and making a play. You know, I remember specifically his senior year, he had a huge three either um, at the end of regulation or in overtime against Georgetown at home. Um, you know, with 35,000 people there to to win the game on, on ESPN in the last game of the year, something like that. So he's always taken big shots and made big shots. He's still got that high-level scoring ability, and it's important to have guys in the tournament who, who, who can put the ball in the basket. So, you know, he's one new guy I'm excited about. Um, Paul Harris is going to be playing, and he's just – he's a guy that's just so versatile. Um, I think personally he's very excited to play because – he really has been so busy playing overseas he hasn't reconnected with the Syracuse Bambos or come come up for a game or anything like that so it'll be his first time seeing a lot of these guys in a long time and he's also watched from the sidelines the last couple of years so I'm excited to see what he brings he always brought a lot of intensity and energy and defense and offensive versatility in his time at Syracuse and I, I think he's still got that in his game um, and then Hakeem Warwick is the third new quote unquote new player for this year but Played in the first two versions of the BAMS Army, um, missed out last year for the Big Three, actually. Um, so you know, and we all know uh, what he can still bring. He's 35, but still in great shape. He played in three different overseas leagues in like the last eight months. So I'm, uh, I'm not worried about uh, about him at all.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of says something about TBT if he's picking that over the Big Three, cool. also. So um speaking of warwick chris joseph again a couple nba guys you've got on the roster this year how do you see those guys hold up against maybe some of the guys who are currently playing in the g league or something like that
1: yeah i mean it's um it's a good question i mean a lot of these guys have played in the g league you know like so john gillen he's going to be playing with us and played in the g league this year and played really well i mean he had one game where he had 40 points Uh, i think he averaged over double digits um james sutherland also is playing with us he played in the g-league this year and had a had an awesome uh awesome run for both the lakers g-league team and the warriors um unfortunately i don't think the warriors needed any more shooters <laughs> 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 or else he probably would have gotten called up but he shot it really really well um and i think you know there's actually been a g-league team that's entered in the past fort Wayne mad ants they're gonna be back and that's this a lot year, of syracuse
0: and... guys too usually on that team <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, CJ has played, Raheem Christmas has played. Um, So, you know, you've got some good G League knowledge there, Tyler. But, you know, they've they've always had a good team. Maybe they made the Final Four a couple years ago, but they've never won it. Um, So, you know, I I think the biggest benefit is is having a system and plays and, again, knowing each other. That's that's probably their biggest benefit. But, you know, I'd say the G League is pretty comparable from a skills perspective, but guys are, are playing harder. Because, you know, there's really something on the line
0: here. Now you bring up Rakeem Christmas, and he's a guy who, I, I don't, have you seen the news this week that he got engaged to Michael Jordan's daughter? Big
1: news. Big news.
0: Is MJ going to be in the building for any of the Bayheims yeah. Army games? Because Jasmine's an SU alum too.
1: That's true. Jasmine is an SU alum. Uh, she's in the, the Falk School, sport management. Uh, I don't think MJ's going to be in the building as of now, but, you know, only because Rakeem's not on our team. But, you know, if he were ever to play with us, which which I'd love, you, you never know. You never know.
0: And I don't think UNC has a team, correct?
1: They do not. They do not.
0: Okay. Interesting. Okay, so um, is there anyone who you tried to get that you wish said yes and were on this roster?
1: Good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say probably the, the two guys that – you just mentioned one of them, but, you know, I think that uh, it would it'd be great to have, uh, you know, like a Rakeem Christmas or an Orenze Walker on the squad. You know, they're probably the two most dominant offensive big men in the last 10 years that went to Syracuse. Um, you know, fortunately for them, they've had great pro careers and they've, they've got a lot of options. So, you know, Rakeem had been playing in the NBA and you know, this year he's playing in China over the summer, so mm-hmm. it's hard to hard to turn that down. You know, that's guaranteed money and you know, well into the six figures. China pays very well, and same for Renzi. He's playing in the Philippines, but those are two guys that I think uh, would fit in from a personality standpoint. You know, we've from a uh, a positional standpoint, we've got a lot of wings and guards. Um, you know, wouldn't hurt to have uh, another big guy and somebody that you know you put him on the block, give the ball to, and it's it's an automatic basket. That's um, really how both of those guys were their senior year at Syracuse. And, and I know are still doing professionally.
0: And have you ever talked to Beheim about maybe he points out a guy, Hey, look after this guy, maybe get him on the team.
1: Yeah. Here and there. Um, sometimes it comes through Eric Diebendorf because he's up there. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm down here in New York city, but Eric's on the staff now up in Syracuse and Eric will always kind of fill him in on, on who we've added. And, um, bayon will always give us two cents um but he's been (laughs) good or bad yeah good or bad (laughs) you know but no he's been very involved uh he texts me after uh after every game and um especially all the all the big crazy games like to your point earlier it was pretty cool when he tweeted about us after that big run carmel anthony tweeted too after that big comeback um you know, so we're getting more and more attention, but he's been a he's been a big supporter of us, and you know, this Bam's Army, the whole, the whole name just came from us wanting to kind of honor him and his legacy, and recognizing the fact that none of us, you know, myself or the the players, and even more so those guys, would be in the position they're in professionally or personally without the opportunity to play at Syracuse, without learning from a Hall of Famer, so. Um, you know, it, it's our chance to kind of say thank you to him for uh, for changing uh, all of our lives.
0: Now, when you look at guys on the current Syracuse roster, who are some players that you think would make a great add to this team in the next couple of years?
1: Huh, good question. Um, you know, it's tough because hopefully, hopefully, these guys don't play for us because hopefully they're in the NBA, you know, and mm-hmm. um, have a nice, nice uh, long NBA career, but. You know, I I think obviously uh, an easy answer is tightest battle just because this can be a very guard-oriented tournament. And all the games tend to be so close. Part of that is because of the competitive nature. Part of it is TBT, the the games are actually a little bit shorter. They're 36 minutes, so it's harder to to separate uh, with less time, even if a team's of a lesser quality than you. So, you know, when team, when games are tight like that, you need guys who are going to make big baskets. I mean, we have some of them. We've got Trish. We've got Divendorf, We've got James Sutherland. Um, hopefully, you know, Chris becomes one of those go-to guys. Gillen, uh, you know, the, the Duke game winner speaks for itself. Matthias is, is also one of those guys. I mean, I feel like he's got 20 big moments in just two years of playing up at Syracuse. feels like he's been there forever already. Um, so he'd be a guy that, you know, this summer – I'd already be comfortable at, you know ninth, whatever he is 20 years old giving him the ball and end the game situation because he's proven it time and time again he's uh, he's exciting you know O'Shea and Frank you know can't count those guys out they're so, just so talented bring so much to the table um, and play so hard you know the whole team I think in the past year has played so hard that's why they made it so far in the tournament you don't see a lot of size in TBT like, like you get in Pascal so he'd be, <laughs> right. uh, he'd be intriguing too you know it's a lot of forwards and guards, and um, can't really teach. As they say, you can't teach hype.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so I noticed you, you didn't bring up your brother. <laughs> is that right. is that so a little jab?
1: Be, he's gonna. He'll probably be mad if he listens to this. Uh, he will be a senior uh, point guard uh, this this year. He's looking forward to to a big year. You know, I'm very happy. Tyus is, is, you know, honestly, he's one of his best friends. They're both from Jersey. So I'm excited for Sean that the team will be very competitive this year. You know, bringing back all five starters, adding a couple of new freshmen and a transfer. um, I think that they'll have a a really big year, and and Sean's looking forward to it. You know, his freshman year, they went to the Final Four in 2016 Mm -hmm. in Houston, and I said to him, you know, you better enjoy this. This doesn't happen every year. And he said, "Yeah, yeah," and then uh, you know the next year, obviously the team goes to the NIT, and he was like, "Oh, you were right." He's like, "I don't think I could take one more year of the NIT." So, thankfully, he didn't have to worry about that last year, and uh, shouldn't have to worry about it this year either.
0: Could you see him kind of joining you on your like GM staff? Would you would you make a position for him?
1: You know, he wants to get into uh, to coaching and player development, specifically you know skill skill training, player development. Um, he's interned with. Drew Hanlon, who mm-hmm, works with yeah. guys like Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, he's got a lot of uh, you know media attention Drew has over the last year, especially for his work with Tatum. So uh, you know maybe there there could be a role as we continue to grow. And um, but you know for now he's going to enjoy. He's also in the sport management program. I know he's excited to uh, to enjoy his senior year and then you know see what happens from there.
0: All right. Anything else I missed? Anything else you want to talk about, Bayhams <sighs> Army wise?
1: Yes, July 21st, Brooklyn. Be there be square. Right. We're playing at we're playing at LIU Brooklyn and uh, you know, if you're anywhere in the area or even if you want to make up a, a New York City trip up, you know, down from Syracuse, it's such a fun environment, such a fun atmosphere and again, there, there's not too much going on this summer. Um, you, you really can't beat your your favorite former Syracuse players all playing together um, one more time.
0: Is there like some post game gathering too, or something where the alums all meet up?
1: Yeah, you know it's tougher to have access to the the current Syracuse team when there's thirty thousand people there. Right. You know you're not going to be able to get a selfie with Tyus Battle after the game. It's just logistically not possible. But we we try really hard for any fan who comes out to be able to have access to the team and autographs and pictures. We'll do meet and greets after the game after we win. We'll do, um, we've done meet and greets, you know, a day in between games at the Dinosaur Barbecue here in Brooklyn. We did it at the Dinosaur Barbecue in Baltimore at the Final Four there. So keeping kind of the Syracuse uh, theme at, at Dino. Um, so, again, we just try to make it make it about the fans. We appreciate them coming out in the middle of the summer. So pictures, autographs, you know, all that stuff, we try to uh, accommodate as much as we can.
0: All right, Kevin Belby, GM of Bayheim's Army. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Go
0: Thanks so much to Kevin Belby as always appreciate the time that he takes out of his busy day again. He's got another job that he does and he still takes the time to manage the Beheim's army roster. So, awesome job keeping the alums all together. This is an awesome tournament that they put on every year again. Th- these are no small potatoes too. 2 million dollars on the line, although he did say good portion of that's going to go towards the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation if this team can pull it all the way this time. Again, Final Four last year. Who knows? Maybe this is the year. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the FizzCast. As always, you can find us online, orangefizz.net. Also, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, iTunes, Orange Fizz. If you want more FizzCasts like this or Fizz Radio, again, portions of this interview will be played on the upcoming Fizz Radio. That's coming this Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. on the Score 1260. So be sure to tune into that. That's coming up this week. I'm Tyler Aki. Again, as always, subscribe, like, follow. Thanks for listening. You know where to find us.